Well, I just want to share a couple of things very, very quickly. I'm just going to take these out because I can hear myself in stereo. And uh, um, uh, first of all, um, I've been thinking the last few weeks, really the last couple of weeks, if I had known that all this would happen, what would I have done differently the previous six months and the last year? And I've been asking myself that question, what would I have done differently for me? And what would I have done differently uh, for us as a church? What would I have shared with, with us as a church? And the answer is the same for both. If I had known, I would have slowed down. Uh, I wouldn't have speeded up. I would actually have slowed down. If I had known, I would have spent more time with Jesus, less time rushing around. I would have spent more time appreciating those around me and appreciating the world around me. Uh, if I had known this would happen, uh, I would have spent more time in his word, more time uh, in his promises, more time hearing his voice. And I would have encouraged everyone around me to do that. Well, I didn't know this was coming. But now that it's here, these are exactly the things that I've started to do. These are exactly the things that I am longing to do more of. Uh, when this lockdown started, um, I think I've mentioned this before, but I spent too long uh, watching the news on repeat and I filled myself with bad news. And that was not good for my spirit. It was not good for my emotions and it was not good for my mind. My mind was going everywhere with anxiety about my health, about my age, about, about being alone, about all sorts of things. And then, I, I don't know, I think the Lord spoke and he said, why don't, you, why don't you spend more time with me? And so that's what I've been doing. And this is the worst of times, but in some ways, for me, it's become the best of times. It doesn't mean that I'm never low. It doesn't mean that I never have my moments. But I tell you, I tell you, I have loved, loved spending time with my saviour. And uh, if you go onto my Instagram or my Facebook, you will see my garden. And as Andy mentioned, I've done a couple of videos of it and I love it. I love my garden. I've been planting things. I've been cultivating. And every day when the weather's good, I go sit on a chair and I just say, before I do anything else, uh, I just say, Lord, I'm not going to give you my shopping list of prayers. I'm not going to tell you this and tell you that. First, I just want to be in your presence. I just want to sit with you. And do you know, as I've spent that time in quiet, that psalm, that verse of the Psalms comes to mind, be still and know that I am God. And when I'm still, really still, not just still in my body, but still in my heart and in my spirit, sometimes, somehow, the knowledge of God becomes ever more real. His tender love becomes ever more potent in my heart and in my spirit. And do you know what I've noticed? I start seeing and hearing things that I didn't before. I start seeing the beauty around me. I start seeing the beauty and I can hear the birds singing. I had no idea they made so much flipping noise. And maybe they're all congregating around my garden, but it, it becomes wonderfully deafening. 
and just being in his presence, I get reorientated. And then when I open the book, when I open his word, it speaks to me like never, ever before. And uh, there's a few things from the scripture that we just read that I just want to underline. And first of all, um, where it says at the beginning of uh, Hebrews 10, verse 19, therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, um, he uses imagery from the Old Testament, basically to say, we have confidence because of Jesus. And I'm discovering in these days that my confidence is in Jesus. My confidence in, is in who he is and what he has done. He died for me. He gave himself for me. And in the hardest of places, I find my confidence in him. And I can't have my confidence in me anymore. I can't have my confidence in, in, in what I do because there's not a lot I can do. You know, I used to, I was getting on and off planes like there was no tomorrow. I was doing all sorts of things. Well, all of that has disappeared. And it's just me and you, Jesus. And you are enough. You are enough. That book, The Hiding Place, which I've mentioned I loved, when they were in the middle of the concentration camp, Corrie Ten Boom asked this question, how could God show himself, sorry, how could God himself show truth and love at the same time in a world like this? How could God himself show truth and love at the same time in a world like this? Answer, by dying, by dying. He showed both the truth and the love that comes from heaven. He took our pain. He took our brokenness. He took the sin and the evil of the world. The creator took the punishment for the works of his creation. And on the cross, justice and love meet. I have confidence because of Jesus. Then uh, the writer to the Hebrews says, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And it's an encouragement. Let us in these days hold unswervingly without to the hope that we profess. And we've been professing this hope for so long. We've sung songs of hope, songs about Jesus, songs about his promise, promises. Now is the time to make them real. Now is the time to prove him faithful. And the reason we can hold unswervingly is because he who promised is faithful. And you know, um, if some people make promises to me, I might be, I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure because I know they sometimes forget. But I know that the promise giver is the promise keeper. The reason I can hold unswervingly to the faith I profess is because I know that he who made the promises is faithful. He is faithful to keep his promises in the best of times and in the worst of times, in the good times and in the bad times. When we are full of faith and when we are faithless, 
It says in the scripture, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. He cannot deny who he is. And then this passage goes on. And let us consider how we can spur one another on towards love and good works. Well, how do we spur one another on when we're not together? And the next bit is uh, do not give up, not giving up meeting together. Well, thanks, writer to the Hebrews. How can we not give up meeting together when we can't meet together? Well, we cannot give up meeting together because we can do it like this. We can send a text. We can get on the phone. We can spur one another on in these days to love and good works. We can encourage one another. And there's so many ways to do it. There have been times when I've begun to feel a little bit lonely, a little bit low, and I'll get a text or I'll get a phone call or I'll get a surprise Marco Polo. What an invention Marco Polo is, uh, sending videos to each other that just encourages me. Um, Yesterday, or was it the day before yesterday, on Friday, I was sitting here in my room and I'd actually made homemade bread, which it was olive bread. It didn't come out brilliantly. Uh, it was basically bread with olives. I managed to get some flour. Well, someone got me some flour and yeast. And I was sitting here eating it. And there was a knock on my window that shocked me. And it was three from our church, Sam and Ben and Ben. And uh, they were passing and uh, uh, they all lived together. So they were social distancing. They knocked on the window. By the time I got to the door, they'd retreated to the road. And we had a distance chat. And they just popped round to say hello. They just pop round to be encouraging. And it spurred me on to love. Do you realise that there are people around you who love you? Now, I know lots of you. You're not like me. You're like Andy. You've got a house full of little people. And it's like where I'm thinking, gosh, a little bit of company would be nice now. For some of you, it's like, please, please let me be alone in his garden instead of here with my tribe. And for both of us, for all of us in our circumstances, we can spur one another on to love, to love, to remind us what this is all about and to do good works. You know, doing good works, good deeds, it takes our attention off ourselves. What can I do to bless someone today? What could I do? Could I send them an encouraging text? Could I go and leave something nice at their front door? Um, I know Andy and Beth, uh, I think it was this week, last week, you got these huge, last Sunday, let me say, Andy Croft, he, he hints in a terrible, terrible way. Can we put him on screen for a second, please? He hints, I want you to see this face as I'm talking about it. He hints uh, and last Sunday, he was hinting about how, do you remember <coughs> how he said uh, about the things that replenish him? And one of the things he put was chocolate. Chocolate replenishes me. So this week, he has been inundated with chocolate. Two huge, humongous bars of Cadbury's dairy milk. I get replenished 
by having a Rolls Royce. Anyway, how do we spur one another on to love and good works? What can we leave? Well, who can we buy some chocolate for? Who can we, who can we encourage in other ways? Whose life can we bless? Who can we knock on their window and then stand at a safe distance and say, I was just passing. I just wanted to say hi. Just wanted to say, I love you. And there's lots of different ways of saying, I love you. For some of us, words is our love language. We love to hear it. For others of us, our love language is a little gift. It might be a little bit of quality time on Instagram or somewhere. It might be in all sorts of ways. Not giving up meeting together, but encouraging one another. Let us choose in these days to encourage one another, to stir one another up, to use this opportunity. For me, I have loved, loved praising God for all the good things that I have. Praising God for the plants and the flowers. Praising God for the sunshine. Praising God for my friends, for my family, for the people that love me, for my church. And even I started praising God for coffee. I got, I got given uh, an espresso machine because I was, I was having Nescafe Instant, which was fine. But do you know what? In the morning, I come down and before I do anything else, I have my coffee and I, I say, mm, this is good coffee. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the coffee. Thank you, Lord, for the Rivita with Marmite and cucumber, which is my breakfast. Thank you, Lord, for the bed, bread that I baked. May it go right next time. Thank you, Lord, for the life you've given me. Thank you, Lord. An attitude of gratitude changes everything. It changes your mentality and it changes your heart. Let's keep going. Let's do it together. Connect groups are a wonderful way to do that over, over the web. Uh, there's all sorts of ways we can. And I finish with Corrie Ten Boom. In the middle of the concentration camp, she and her sister Betsy decided to bless others around them. They decided to look at the good. And what amazed me was they prayed for the guards. They prayed for those who were being cruel to them. And they tried to bless them and love them in all sorts of ways. This is an opportunity to come close to Jesus like we've never done before. When this is over, there's going to be a lot of people asking questions about life and death. And what are we here for? Let us be a people who are not just prepared to tell the answers, but to live the answer, to live a different life, to live a life in his presence.